0: No, he finally came clean on that. Did he? Cause I called him up and I said, Hey man, where's our stuff? Like, and it was, you know, I don't get to that stuff fast. Cause I got a lot going on. So it was like a year later. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, and he's like, Oh man, I was hoping you were going to ask me. That. Oh, <laughs> funny thing about that. <laughs> yeah. And it- so it's the first time that's ever
1: happened to him. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to
2: the core. And we're back. Welcome, everyone, to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 194. I'm Tim Chelsvik. I'm Matt Drury, and we have a special guest today. Yeah, we're scoping out optics for 2021 with Pold CEO and President, Mr. Bruce Pettit. What's up, Bruce?
1: Hey, guys. How you doing? We're doing doing good, good, buddy. Yeah, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, we
0: got a... uh... We've got a sunny day out here in Oregon. That's a rare occasion this time of year. So I'm pretty pumped.
1: So for those that may not know, you know, this is part of the story with Leupold that I love, the the kind of the history behind the company and where they're located and all that stuff. It's American made. It's all that, the good qualities that you look for. But yeah. the town that they're based out of is Beaverton Right. I got that right. Right. Beaverton. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's like a town you'd see in the Simpsons or well, something.
2: And Beaverton is highly featured in the, the, uh, the show Portlandia. I see. Which does a pretty good job of, of showing kind of the culture of the left coast. Ooh.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's right on actually, you know, the, the, uh, luckily being in Beaverton and not Portland is a big benefit for us. So we're, we're a little bit out of the, uh, a lot out of the, the noise of what goes on down there. But, um, you know, I mean the thing with Oregon is it's, it's just an interesting place because it's got certainly, uh, politics that are, that tend to be incredibly uh, interesting in a lot of ways. But what I will tell you about, about Oregon is it's, it's got some of the greatest outdoors men and women in the, in the country. I mean, it really does. I mean, we can hunt three types of elk, we've got all kinds of different deer. We've got game birds. I mean the upland bird hunting is incredible. Lots of ducks and geese, obviously, and, and so it's just, it's an interesting thing because, you know, incredible support for sportsmen and women here, you know, in this state. And, and, and it's been a great place. So we're, and we've been here 113 years. That's so, the crazy part. Man. That's awesome. That, that, that yeah. the
1: company, you know, it's a, so it's a family owned company, correct?
0: Yeah. We're still family owned. We're in our fifth generation of family ownership. Um, incredible shareholders that just care deeply about, Um, this company care about conservation. I mean, what we do for conservation, I don't think any other optics company can even get close, probably all of them combined, probably don't do what we do. So they're passionate about that and passionate about building a company that that really future generations will be proud of, not just what's gonna happen in this next quarter. And it's really for me as a CEO, it's really a great thing because I have the opportunity to build, you know, what what we call generational value. You know, making sure it's gonna be something that lasts forever. And and we don't care if we're the biggest. What we care is are we the best? Sure. You know, is the products that we're putting out. That's been our commitment to quality. And and so every single optic that you mount on any kind of a firearm that we sell, if you mount on it and you're gonna look through it and you're gonna pull the trigger, has to come out of this factory in Beaverton, Oregon. Mm. Pretty cool. That's, no one, that's no one's rare.
1: even close. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you could look across the landscape of, of different optic companies and you look at price point and you look at quality. And realistically, for the price, Leopold is the best glass out there in a lot of different ways and you could stack them all up but when you look at hey you're going to Bash Pro going to Cabela's, or going somewhere to get you know a, a scope to put mm-hmm. on your 270 or or your shotgun or whatever the or case may be. Yeah, or binos or rangefinder yeah, i mean you guys are you're right there in the mix, but the quality, yeah those first 15 minutes, the last 15 minutes, like that's where you see such a noticeable difference. It just... The color reproduction, yeah, the light transmission. It really is mm-hmm. something Something to to go do your own test and go check it out. If a buddy's got a, a set or, you, you know, you're looking through yours versus his, I mean, I really never knew about it until, you know, we started to talk together. Well, There's probably been three, four years back now, right? I'd say. Yeah. 2017, yeah, right. I think. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity arose for, for us to have a discussion and we have a great mutual partner in Mossy Oak. And so the, the opportunity was there for us to talk with these guys. And I had never used another optics other than who we were with at the time. Mm-hmm. And just putting the binoculars up, you're like, Oh man. Okay. See what you've been missing. Exactly. So it just, I don't know. You could do that old eye, the eye test, literally the eye test, the old eye test (laughs) and and Matt Drury eye test. You'll see it. You'll (laughs) see the difference. (laughs) hundred percent. So
2: Bruce, I, I, I have a burning question. I have to jump out of the gates with this and we'll get into shout outs here from our listeners here real quick. What happens to you emotionally, physically, personally, when someone says Leopold?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't worry about that anymore um, because the truth is, they first of all they do it all the time, so it doesn't matter. I can't <laughs> I can't make it a big deal. And I think the the second thing is is that you know, I, as long as they're as long as they're buying our product and supporting our brand, it, it's fine. But it is loophole, um, and <laughs> it, it happens all the time. And you know what's funny? I think my friends, like my friends that I hunt with that aren't part of the company, and uh-huh. you know just. I think they do it on purpose, just <laughs> just to get me. You know, like, you know, they'll just start doing it, and I'm like, guys, I've told you this a hundred times. It doesn't matter. They'll still, still do it. So stop it. I just I just kind of leave it alone and don't let it bother me too much. When people That's pronounce cool. Drury
1: Outdoors with a J and a U. Start out with a jury, jury Dr- Outdoors. <laughs> Spelling
2: DeerCast is
1: two words.
2: That, that only annoys you. Yeah, no, I, I'm like clearly the grammar Nazi on the team. And <laughs> so. Just the cross I bear.
1: You know, Bruce and I, so when we first started talking, the the two companies, he an opportunity had, was presented to us where somebody dropped out of a hunt that these guys were going on. They were actually going out to uh, Utah with the guys at wild country yep. adventures where Austin land uh, his family guides. And just so happens that they had somebody drop out and we were just in the kind of the beginning stages of the discussion. And so he was like, Hey, you know, Mark, you, you should come out here and, and hunt with me and we'll get to know each other and we'll, you know, kind of put the finishing touches on this deal. And, and Mark, you know, So Mark and Terry just, I don't know what their deal is, their tunnel vision about Midwest whitetails, but uh, they both, Passed and I got lucky. They like got the
2: scraps from the t- from the like, big boys' table.
1: It's the best time I've ever been on. <laughs> so I'm like, hey guys, if there's ever anything that pops up that you're just not feeling, like well, let me know here. about it. But we had a good, such a good time, and that was such an incredible, uh, incredible, experience out there in Utah. It's like a whole different world for you know, obviously Midwestern guys or sure. Flatlanders as they call mm-hmm. us. It was nice to get out there with you Westies.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's Utah special, but. You know, you take a lot of the western states. You know, Oregon's incredible to hunt in. You know, the Washington's a good state, and there's a lot of great deer there. Um, and Colorado obviously has an incredible reputation. But Utah's pretty special. I mean, it, it, for for elk hunting, it's it and New Mexico, both are, and of course, Arizona. But they're all those are really great elk states. Great, great states to hunt in. Yeah, we had a great time. That it, was a fun hunt. It was. You it, made a, you made a great shot too. The, the thing I will tell you all about this is that. Uh, matt was under some pressure because i was hunting with austin and and we were in a different part of the ranch but we were way up on the top of this bluff and we looked down there and there's there's matt and he's he's putting a stock on an elk and so we just got quiet got down and just sat there with our with our uh binos and got him in it and watched the whole thing so you don't get to do that very often i mean this place is massive but it just happened to be that way and it yeah. happened to be matt that we got to watch and he made a a great shot on a on a great elk. Silently and, judging and, from and, afar. And I knew that they were,
1: <laughs> I, ha- I had known that they were there watching. Oh, great. So it was like, oh, no pressure. We blew, actually blew the stock because we we made this long stock on a on a great uh, elk. He was in yeah. the middle of a herd. One of the cows caught us, you know, it was like a, a long ordeal, mm-hmm. and one of the cows caught us. That herd took off, and we were kind of feeling dejected. And then all of a sudden, you know, we run to the edge of this knob and look down, and there's another, there's another little small herd, and this okay. this one bull in the middle of them. And we, it all came together, but it was pretty for me. It was very tense because I've never done anything like that,
2: mm-hmm. and and you had to, an audience the whole time, a, a,
1: exactly. And I know, like, <laughs> hey, everything's it wasn't, but it felt like, hey, everything's riding on yeah. me making a good shot. So no pressure.
2: They're they're clapping at you.
0: It was fun. I mean, I've was never cool. had that happen before either. When I've been able to do that. It was it was actually really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. We were just too far away to come celebrate with you. So yeah. it was like, you know, it took us forever to get over there. But it yeah. Was awesome.
1: So these guys actually film. Austin was filming it through like the spotting scope. So we have nice. their angle. Yeah, yeah. It is that cool? Yeah. So
2: that's the reset. Yeah. Hunt if yeah. people want to look for it in Gearcast or YouTube.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just called Reset. It was uh back in 2017. Mm-hmm. It was it was cool, cool hunt. So, anyways, enough reminiscing. Hmm. Yeah. I I, I I have something for Bruce about Mark that I'm gonna tell him later on at the end of this thing. So we can I can jab and then we can hang up and leave, Okay, but I'll tell you a little something about Mark, Some something that I think you'll find interesting that I don't think you know already. So
2: let's do some shout outs. But first I noticed last podcast episode, Matt, who produces this show, not this Matt, another Matt, real Matt has been <laughs> dubbing in over-exaggerated swallow sounds whenever we take a drink. Huh. So I guess I'm going to have to start watching the podcast. <laughs> if you're listening and you wonder why these guys drink so violently... It's not real, Matt. Stop
1: that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: people actually have like phobias. They have of- problem with yeah, yeah hearing people chew and yeah. stuff. That's a that's a real issue. So, all right. So, speaking of issues, let's hop into our shoutouts. All
1: right. So You want me to go first, or do you? Please, want me to go sir. First? All right. Eric Orr from the Apple Podcast says he en- enjoy your content. What a heck of a season for Dod. Congratulations to all y'all. Y'all, he likes y'all. A lot. Y'all keep mm-hmm. it funny and informative. Just the right mix. Accidentally. Taped the half-speed. I- oh, tap the high- half-speed icon at the bottom left of the screen. If you've never done it, I recommend it just for a minute for a little more laughter. Keep up the good work. Merry Christmas. God bless. I guess that makes us those fart sounds sound. Well, this is something I've been. <laughs> See Bruce, I told you. This is like why, why you am I can doing never this? not have that sound on this podcast. Yeah, it makes the show.
2: This Eric brings up something that I've been wanting to say for a long time. I always forget about it, but if you hit that that speed variant button, it slows us down and we sound like we're drunk. Well, if it speed you speed it up, you speed but- it up, then we're chipmunks. Yeah, so. Do All it, right. but don't do it for the entire show. All right. And then one. Bryce Anderson on YouTube says your videos are the best, and you're a big influence in hunting. I'm nine years old. I've killed a buck, a doe, and a turkey. Way Congratulations, to go, Bryce! Keep it up, Bryce. Buddy.
1: Don't tell your parents you're watching this. I've been, I've gotten in trouble. From, Sometimes Matt cusses. <laughs> no I try not to. Trying to I,
2: be a better man. I have had my hand slapped from our <laughs> mothers in the audience. So. Yeah. All right. So what next, Timothy? Let's, let's hop into what's new for 2021 because I know, you know, with SHOT Show canceled, it's really put a damper on the ability for people to kind of see what's new and coming out. But I know loophold has got a bunch of great stuff, especially the, that new handgun site that
1: yeah, it seems do. to be taking off. I mean, is that that been like a little bit of a hot button item for you guys there at Leupold? I'm hearing a lot about it.
0: Yeah, we, we launched a, a, a Delta, we call it a Delta Microsite. And, and so one of the things with handgun optics, and, and as, as you know, in the, in the handgun market right now, optics have really taken off. I mean, your target acquisitions, you know, quicker accuracy, it helps a ton. And we have one called the Delta Point Pro, which... Has has really taken over a lot of the elite users out there. So we supply it to places like CAG and a lot of the elite, you know, of our, our elite military and law enforcement. And uh, but what the one thing about those those is they make them tough from a carry standpoint. So because the, they're bigger, you know, so your concealed carry holsters become it's just a it's just a harder carry than what you would have if you had a a handgun without an optic. And so we we about three years ago we we saw the need to develop a much smaller streamlined optic that you could would be much easier to use on a carries in a carry situation and and this thing, you know we have about 80 engineers here. so the products you get from us, they don't come off a shelf somewhere in Asia that mm-hmm. somebody looks at and says, put my brand on that. Uh, we actually design, develop them, do all of the the optical work right here in in Beaverton uh, in our factory and 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 what we were really looking for with this is could we get something that if you know the electronics don't work, that you still are on target. You can still do it. And so what this essentially does is it gives you almost the the, the best of both worlds, a peep site, if you will, kind of mm-hmm. where you look through it and you've got the ability to stay on it. So you're still using your front site, but it's also got um, a red dot in there. And I will tell you, people look at it and they go, I don't know, how could I ever get target acquisition this? How could I? But if you just work with it just for a short period of time, which I did you know, last year when we had some protos and we went out to our our place at uh, we have a place called the Loophole Optics Academy. It's about an hour and a half away here in, in Eastern Oregon, and we do a lot of handgun long range. This is where we test our optics. It's it's where engineers go, and I was amazed at how quickly I could get that and get on target, and how much how much more accurate I was with it. And and so this this development, it's just a really tiny package when you see it. And so uh, it it was a challenge from an engineering perspective, but we got it done. And, you know, I I actually just got off the phone before I got on this podcast with Kyle Lamb, who's um, a pretty well-known guy in the tier one community. And he was, you know, in in actually in Mogadishu. So the famous movie Black Hawk Down was one of the guys that was there. I mean, he's a a high level instructor as it relates to firearms. Um, And he's just like, dude, this thing is amazing. So we've been working with him throughout the prototype process with it. Um, To make sure that not only is it going to work for for guys like you and me, but let's make sure that if we put this on our tier one users, if we put it on our law enforcement teams, it's going to actually work. And and it does. And it's it's just taken off.
1: I'd Like to know what, really tier, cool what tier Tim and I are considered. <laughs> if we
2: don't know, then we probably aren't in one even.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking like, boy, he went from that call to this <laughs> like, one, good, man.
0: How far we fall, Bruce. <laughs> you know what was hey Matt, you know what was weird is Kyle did not make any fart sounds on his call. That's bullshit. huh. It was off. I expected it at any moment.
2: <laughs> well fun fun fun. <laughs> we're going to make up for it here. Fun fact, one of the new effects on the board is a personal one of Matt's from a hunt that he and Scott were on this past fall. That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds inhuman. Yeah, well, so
1: I'm never going to let someone know ahead of time, which Sound that was. So you you get to guess,
2: <laughs> anyways. Which which brings to mind another thing. We need so the the soundboard is kind of another is another co-host on the show.
1: We'll get to that later. Yeah. So Bruce, you know th- that's one of the the big time products that you guys are coming out with. But you know, Risa was because I was one of the people that work for you guys at Leopold Risa in the marketing department, who I work with a lot. She was taking me through some of the new products, and she was showing me a new rangefinder that I really thought was interesting. What? What product is that? When does it come out? Like when's it hit the shelves and kind of how does it help? Is it, is it bow hunter oriented or, or, uh, you know, rifle or is it kind of everything tier in between one. tier one yeah, or so tier for five?
0: Yeah. She was probably referring to the RX 1400 that we're coming out with, which really it has all the qualities of everything you're going to want. It. So it's, you can put it in bow mode. If you're an archery hunter, you will use that. Um, but it also, you know, gives you really incredible accurate, uh, ranging, including incline, right? um, you know, and, and true ballistic um, accuracy. So TBR is in it. So we're going to have your true ballistic range. So even if you're in an incline, you're going to be able to use that and it's going to give you where to hold dead on. So we, ha- so the 1400 will work with, you know, perfectly with all that. We all know that, you know, when hunting, you know, big game 1400 is too far of a shot. So you're going to be able to cover anything that you're really going to want to do on big game. that that makes it ethical and makes sense. So if you're, you know, if you're at 500 yards and you've got an incline, you're going to be able to get your true ballistic range with that. Um, And and it's an incredible value. I think that's the one thing we, a lot of times, you know, we hear, well, man, I wish I could afford a loophole. I wish I had a loophole. If you really look at our line and you truly go look at it, we, we are the best value. That's what it was about. I mean, we offer incredibly high quality product that performs in what every condition at a great value. And that's, that's what we were going for with the, with the 1400. It's, it's a great product and it's going to be coming out soon. So we've got that coming. Um, You know, we've got um, a new VX three HD. So the VX three has become, it's really the hallmark of performance rifle scopes. I mean, people have used that, that package a VX three package for, for literally, you know, decades now.
1: Is that um, in the continued
0: f- freedom line? That?
1: Is that in the freedom line, or is that separate from no, the freedom it's, line? No, it's just
0: above the freedom line. Okay, so you go from the freedom rifle scope, and your next step up in our product line is is the the vx 3 HD. So we've, mm-hmm. we've worked on our optical solution there. It's got Twilight Max on it, so that is absolutely the the perfect scope for low light um, conditions. Um, it comes every single one of them comes with a CDS dial, so that's your custom dial system. And, and like in conjunction with that range finder, it's a really simple solution. So let's say you've got a, you know, 300 yard shot, 350 yard shot. You can range that deer. You can turn to three fifty, regardless of your angle and you will hold dead on and, and you shoot right behind the shoulder. Right? You, so that's convenient like, to
1: have in the moment of truth too, because that's like that elk hunt we were on. I had a VX five and have had the CDS on it. And, and you guys, you got your custom shop ahead of time. If you know where you're going to hunt, you send in for the, that elevation. So they do all the ballistics for you. Like all you got to do is they they'll tell you, Hey, it's going to be, this is the bullet I'm using. This is the gun I'm using. And this is the elevation, the area that I'm going to be in. And you get a CDS dial that's custom for that. And you put that thing on there and
2: You know, done all the ballistics.
1: Yeah, it's done all the hard work for you. So, like he's saying, you range it, you throw to the dial. Like I think it was like two hundred and twelve. It was relatively close shot when I shot that elk, but I dialed to that, held dead on, and dropped the elk in its tracks. I mean, in the moment of truth, to not have to guess and do I hold six (laughs) inches high or do I hold on or top them back or that's uh, it's yeah, this simplifies it. And
0: once you get a custom dial system, and I have a, a ton of people in the industry and friends. Once you put a custom dial system, a CDS dial on your rifle, you won't, you, you won't go back. I mean, you really won't. And it is, it is such a great system. And what I love about it, too, is there's a lot of systems out there right now that require all these electronics and all this. And you know what? This is, this is hunting. This is straightforward. You're just going to go, boom, range it, dial, pull, bam, and it works. And it's incredibly accurate out to about 800 yards. You know what I mean? Now, you got wind. You always got to worry about when, mm-hmm. but you don't have to worry about if you're, you know, on the side of a cliff, you know, shooting down into a Canyon, you're, you're going to be accurate with that rangefinder.
2: I think Bruce is going to be able to really help out our buddy who called in with a question of the day this we, week. We have a good one. It's, yeah. Yeah. Should we get into it? All right. Why not? All right. The question of the day is brought to you by k
3: Hunting is what we do and why we take our purpose-built hunting vehicles so seriously. Hey guys, my name is Mark Morgan out of Oklahoma. And I have a question about ranging uh, deer. So basically, I go to the gun range. I zero in at 100 yards um, dead on. I kill deer from my 15-foot stand uh, at about 80 yards out, um, some at about uh, 100, one at, uh, and then also on the ground, you know, level to the ground, uh, one at 162 yards. The problem is um, I have missed twice on the top of, from the top of a huge hill and I don't know why. It seems like they're at about 40 or 50 yards. Uh, When I walk all the way down the hill, maybe about 60 or 70 yards, why am I continuing to miss? Whatever help you guys can give, I would definitely appreciate it. You know, Why am I missing close? As a matter of fact, uh, not only that, but during uh, muzzleloader season, I had a doe uh, come right within 30 yards of me, and I was on the ground parallel, put the crossroads on it, and I missed. Uh, so give me a call back. I mean, not a call back, but give me a good answer. <laughs> we aren't going to call That's you back,
1: answer. but we'll try to answer the, the call here. <laughs> so we got the the right guy on, on the podcast. 100%. So one.
2: he's dialed in at a hundred yards, but he's missing close. What do you think, Bruce?
0: Well, I, I think, first of all, Mark, uh, just, to, just so you know, I, I my, my mother was born in Oklahoma. So um, it's a favorite state of mine. I've hunted there a few times. And actually the first time I ever went on was with my grandpa and it was in Oklahoma. So nice. my mom was born in Tishomingo, Oklahoma. So I've spent quite a bit of time there. So love your state. Hey, um, here, a couple things on that. It sounds like to me, you know, you, you got two questions really there. One is, you know, kind of about, you know, some of the angles and, and where, you know, what that is when, when you think about 50 yards at an angle, I, I, I don't know what angle you were at, like how, you know, so it's hard for me to answer that. But, but my guess at 50 yards, depending upon, you know, what you're using, you're not going to change your, you're not going to change really how much that, that is going to be off. It's, it's inches. It's not feet unless you're like at some crazy angle. But, but even then, honestly, at 50 yards, I don't see it. What I would recommend though, because, you know, something, something is there for you is, is do get a range finder that gives you true ballistic range and range what you're doing and get yourself a, a custom dial system. That you can it just more than anything, what it might do is in your head, it might go, look, I'm I'm right on right now, because you're not trying to worry about is this angle gonna throw me off? And then that gets in your head. Because my guess is thinking about the the question on the dough, at 30 to 40 yards that you were actually not with <clears> the <throat> incline. The truth is what what my guess is, is is you are actually getting these easy shots and you're not getting yourself set. And you're you gotta be jerking. That's, that's the only thing that can happen at 30 to 40 yards because something's gone wrong. Um, and usually unless, you know, if you've checked your optic and, and hopefully you got a loophole on there, but you're missing like that, you maybe don't, maybe you don't. But, but anyway, Here's your first you know, problem. But, but I would really, I would really look at, am I getting set? Am I getting stable? And am I getting in there on these shots that I know are going to be easy in that, you know, 40, 50 yards, 30 yards, they're right there. They're on top of you. And it sounds like to me, you might just be taking those for granted and and pulling a little bit or something like that. So I would treat every shot just like you're shooting 500 yards, you know, get your, make sure you're stable. I, you know, a lot of times if you take those quick shots, you're not getting your elbow down and you're not getting stable so that you got three points of contact. And something's pulling up on you is probably what it sounds like to me.
1: That's what I was going to say. I like, <clears throat> you know, if you're not really holding, you know, was he freehanding it? Was he, did he have a rest? Did he, he there's a lot of ways. Call I him could, and find out. <laughs> okay, <I don't> know. <laughs> That's right. He did want me to call him back, <laughs> but you know, there's a lot that could go wrong there. But realistically, like those distances, you would think you're holding dead on drop a minute and, and, and it's tracks, you know, for the most
0: it's, part. But, yeah, but it's not going to move much.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I mean, you'd have to really pull down, you know, low or high, or, or maybe it was to the right, or you'd have to pull in some direction to, to totally miss it at that, you know, here would be another tip is Mark told me this a long time ago and Terry too. Like when you go into the field, your scope, like you don't want it dialed all the way for the furthest distance, you know, because if, if they come in really close, you know, you don't have time to back out. Like you're just putting it up and your sight picture isn't as good. Mm-hmm. So like I always start out on a lower power so that I can, you can always zoom in, but at the very least, sure. it's easy to find the deer in your scope. You know, maybe it's just that, you know, in a quick, if they were that close, maybe it happened quick Threw the gun mm-hmm. up and just didn't have a good sight picture to, you know, on a steady uh, base to, to shoot off of. Them. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: As an expert, I mean, I've killed, 100% of the deer I've shot at with a rifle. That'd be one. So and let's, not, were, let's not get bogged down in numbers. And you were on a loophole. Though, <laughs> that's actually. right. Yeah, it was with Sean Skipper. Yeah. Bruce probably doesn't even know that. <laughs> yep. I got to meet the skip.
1: Um, he's probably wondering why they're having people like Tim out on on That's like t- tier 10. <laughs> it was actually a <laughs> tier 10. We were like tier tier the 10 last people. choice. <laughs> right. Mossy's lo- Mossy Oak's like, all right, we this yeah, guy dropped, something. this guy dropped. I couldn't go. I'm like, Tim, Tim's the guy. <laughs> default
2: default <laughs> but typically I, I i always try to think like whether it's archery or shooting a gun i think about myself first like i'm usually the problem because yeah because the, the, right. the equipment <laughs> usually stays the same unless you bump a scope or you know or something that usually it's it's through the sequence that's the problem so look inward mark well when you said
1: I'm the problem. I'm willing to say,
2: that's what she said, (laughs) but I did hurts.
1: All right. I'm really hurt. All right. So we answered that
2: question. (laughs) We did. We did. You
1: you guys ready?
0: The thing is the final thing I'd say, Mark, is here's the thing. Everybody misses shots. Anyone who tells you they don't, they're lying. hundred percent. They're lying. And y'all miss shots. So you just got, I think, I think this one is one just kind of looking and like, like Matt said, just, what are you doing at that at that kind of moment of truth when you get those those deer in close? Yeah,
2: yeah, it it may not hurt to have someone slow mo- or just take your phone and slow motion film you while you're shooting and you can see stuff that happens.
1: The reality of it is though shooting at the range versus shooting in the moment oh, of truth. Yeah. There's no, you know, unless you had a camera rolling for a side angle or something, just a point of view or your phone or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yep. it's, it's really hard to know what you did wrong. <laughs> we get the luxury of looking
2: back and am like, Oh, I, <laughs> I, I flinched. I shut my eyes. Then I pulled the trigger. That's <laughs> not how you do it, is it? So Yeah. Speaking of closing your eyes, how about the wildlife world? Well, before we get into
1: that, I wanted to bring up another thing with Bruce. So I get a lot of questions because Mark's been pushing the fi- is fire dot yep. a lot. Yep. And so I get a lot of uh, DMs about it and and just emails in general th- through the Drury Outdoors website about mm-hmm. that setup. And he, he really... Like it's made things easier for turkey season, but he really helped my grandma out a lot. You know, he put it on the gun she was using for deer season. He put it on the crossbow that she's using. I now got one on the the mission crossbow that I have. And it really, well, and you and your daughter use that crossbow and she killed a doe, right? So it really does make it kind of like a no brainer. To use, you know, that kind of optic setup, especially for older and younger people, you know, either getting into the sport or staying in the sport. Do you have anything to add on that and what, in what line specifically? Because I get questions about it all the time.
0: Yeah. So what he's referring to is a fire dot, which is essentially an illuminated dot that's in the middle of your crosshairs. Okay. There's different, there's different variations of, of reticles that you can get a fire dot in. You can get it in a standard you know, a standard duplex radical, you can get it in a reticle that has holds. um, but the fire dot will light up right in the, you know, right in the middle of your of your crosshairs. So I I get them on every single, you know, scope that I put on any rifle. The reason that I like it, it's and it's got the ability to dim. So if you're in the middle of the day, obviously you turned up a little bit higher to see your dot. If it's if it's getting toward low light, then you need to turn that dot down a little bit so it's not so bright. But what I really love about it is it just takes your, your focus, your eye just focuses on that hole. So if you put it in a duplex radical and you can get it in a VX three that I just mentioned. So the VX three HD will have it available. You can get it there. You'll be able to get it in the VX five, which, which in my opinion, the VX five is the best value in our line mm-hmm. for what you get And a three to 15. That's my go-to is a VX five, three to 15. So for what that is three power, 15 power, it's got a fire dot in it. It comes with a two turn CDS dial. So you can dial way out depending on your caliber. Um, And and what happens with that is now if I've got a 400 yard shot on a deer, I can just I can just dial that right in and I can put that fire dot right behind the shoulder and your eye goes right to it. And then you can can make your shot. So I think it just helps with accuracy. I think it's just a really good thing. And and you can turn it off. If you don't want it on you can turn it off. Which one
1: do you use for say a crossbow or shotgun for Turkey season, something where it's a closer range type of a situation?
0: Yeah. So, so in those, in those, that just becomes like our, for example, if you use the VX five or you could do a, you know, you can do a one to five. Right. Mm. And, and then you still have magnification in that, but you'll have a fire dot on that. And I, I, my guess is I think that's the one Mark has. He may have it in a VX three, but but you can put a fire dot in that and get a get a magnification that's lower. That'll work for you. And you may we may want to put it on you know a, a, a certain power and and just leave it there as as fixed. Um, in those situations where you're shooting shorter, you might want to be able to do that with it. Yeah. But gives you the
1: option. I had a guy that emailed me yesterday, actually f- about this very thing. And mm-hmm. and I sent him a link over to the website. Cause I do get questions quite a bit on this for a, for a period there. You remember last year we had met up for that, um, the show you asked us to come to, uh, was it in Indianapolis? I forget where the hell we were at now, Nashville. Yeah. And, um, well, I forget where we were. Anyways, you were doing a presentation and that was, Mark took a picture of the presentation where where it was showing that product. And every time I asked him, I was like, hey, what model was that again? He just sends me the picture back. He's Tired like, of telling you. basically, It's like, here, <laughs> dummy. I'm like, well, how many times are you going to ask me this? <laughs> Google.com. <laughs> well, hey, you want to get it right. <laughs> so. Nice. All right. So Okay. Bruce has never been through the... Wildlife word of the day. Bruce, your mind's about to be blown.
2: All right. It's brought to you by Muddy Outdoors, home of the highest quality products for serious hunters. So we're getting into thinking about turkeys now. Mm. Adult male wild turkeys are called Toms. We know that. Juvenile males are called Jake's. What is the nickname given to female turkeys? Is it A, Blanche, B, Margaret, C, Jenny, or D, Karen? I know this one. But we always let the guest go first.
0: I I know it too. So. Well, let's hear it. (laughs) Jenny. That's right. There you
1: go. That's right. C, Jenny. Winners. Wonder why they came up with that.
2: I, you know, I turned one
1: I of like our, I like
0: Margaret better though.
2: <laughs> I personally
1: got a flock I'm of Margaret's.
0: to start calling them Margaret's.
2: A bunch of golden girls out there. Sometimes they can be a bunch of Karens. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I turned one of our Deercast writers, Justin Prevo, loose on that very assignment. Like find out why, where, where did that come from? He talked to, um, he talked to Ray I, he talked to Rob Keck. And we could not figure out. If those it out. guys don't know, no yeah, one knows. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, if someone listening to the show knows the origins of that, please should, let us know. You should ask Cuz Strickland.
1: He'd be the other one that I would We'd think. Not, yeah, yeah, that, definitely. That might know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So could be lost to time. Who knows? Speaking of turkeys. All right, this is good. This is a perfect segue into what I wanted to tell Bruce that he may or may not already know. So was it maybe two springs ago? You had invited Mark to come hunt with you to turkey hunt with you. And it, anybody that knows Mark, he'll travel anywhere to hunt turkeys, but he can be a real pain in the butt to travel with. <laughs> so he was hitting Bruce up. He had a million questions. He wants to know that the spot, he wants to know his spots very well before he goes there. He's not, okay. he's not into wasting time. He's into getting in and, you know, getting the, getting job, the job done right. and yeah. getting out. And so he asked Bruce like two billion questions. And, you know, it was it was probably, probably the most work you ever had had to put into a Turkey Bruce hunt. Is
2: reconsidering.
1: <laughs> so Mark was there to film this stuff for the Turkey tour. Oh, he was yeah. there to film some tips with Leop- with Bruce for Leopold, some stuff that we wanted to put out on, on DOD TV. And I don't know if you ever knew this, but Mark lost every card from that trip and we could never find him. I like, don't know what happened to him. He doesn't know. He, he finally came clean on that.
0: Did he? Cause I called him up and I said, Hey man, where's their stuff? Like, and it was, you know, I don't get to that stuff fast. Cause I got a lot going on. So it was like a year later. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, and he's like, Oh, man. I was hoping you were going to ask it. <laughs> oh, funny
2: thing about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if, so it's the first time that's ever happened to him.
1: It, it, and that's what I was about to say. Like, I'm throwing him under the bus here. But the odd part is like, Mark of everybody, Mark is very dialed into where his footage went, mm-hmm. what was on the footage, what card, what day, what, you know, like who ate what for lunch that day, how many margaritas were had. I mean, it's just very dialed into turkeys, to all stuff that he does like that. And for him to lose those cards, it was really odd.
2: He was I beating mean, himself up over it. Yeah.
1: But dang, I was hoping I was going to be the one to <laughs> rat him out.
2: He, he
0: came clean.
1: He came clean. <laughs> he had to, though.
2: Honesty is always the best. <laughs> he didn't
1: policy. offer it up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruce, any, uh, any parting shots here? Anything that you want to tease that maybe hasn't been teased yet?
0: No, you know, look, I just, I, I really first just want to say thank you for, you know, a great partnership with with team Drury. It's been, it's been such a great relationship. Actually, Matt, you know, you probably know this, but Mark and I are going to gonna hunt turkeys this, this uh, spring again together. And I get to come his way this time. And nice. it's just such a, such a great time. We become such good friends and I really enjoy being in the field with them. And, and, and your whole team is just absolutely awesome to work with. So, um, you know, we're, we're just committed to making the, the world's greatest performance optics. That's what we, we do every day. I got 650 people here every single day making rifle scopes, you know, and, um, we are American to the core. We're proud of, of who we are and what we do. And, and, um, just appreciate everyone who supports the loophole brand out there because we are, uh, we are blessed to have so many loyal, uh, consumers and customers out there that, that uh, support our optics. Well,
1: and when you're supporting those optics, you're supporting, people's jobs in america which is not always the case obviously it's it's uh, one of those deals where it's hard to find that and how the hell did you guys make it through coronavirus and the shutdown i'm sure you guys and especially in that state you had some different things you had to deal with to stay open or to keep rolling or how, how was that period for you guys
0: yeah i'll give you the, i mean i'll give you the quick story you know it was really interesting because when we hit march of last year and we could see this this thing coming down the down the way, it was, it was, it was challenging. Um, we we were beginning to get letters toward the end of March from the Department of Defense, because we're a Tier One defense contractor, because we supply a lot to our, particularly our elite military. But we have uh, various U.S. Army contracts, and we do things for the FBI and Secret Service, and and um, and and so while everyone's starting to get this kind of thing, we got to shut down, and got to, we have to shut this down, this business down, that business. You know, social distance, all that comes out. I'm getting letters from the Department of Defense saying, you need to stay open
2: um, because
0: we need this product. And so it was a really interesting thing because you had the state kind of doing their thing. And and I'm getting these letters. And and obviously, we're an essential business because of that. And so what what we did, Matt, is we just we shut the factory down for for about it was really about five days and went through. I do two things. One is um, we had we did a deep clean, which makes obvious sense. The second thing that we did is we had to re-engineer our assembly area because we have a lot of team members that are in assembly to, you know, make our scopes, to put them together. And we do all our parts here and everything, but that's kind of where it all comes together. And so in assembly, you want tight working environment, right? Because you got someone right next to you. You go in an assembly line and all of a sudden you're saying, you can't do that anymore. You got to, you got to have six foot between everybody. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm just so incredibly thankful for our, our engineering team because they got together with our manufacturing team and said, let's figure this out. And by, we closed on a Wednesday and by Monday of the next week, we were back up in production Nice. and we were making less scopes, but we had prioritized our military and law enforcement. We We had to, we, and then we went to work on how do we get capacity back up? Because I could see in April and then into May that demand was starting to, you know, this is when people were like the pandemic hit and all of a sudden, they're like, you know, maybe we'll to go outdoors. Maybe we're not going to travel. And, mm-hmm. and you could see demand for our product was going up, actually. Um, we didn't know that back in March that that was going to happen, but it did. And our team just came together. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for our team that comes into this factory every single day. And they wear masks every day. And they social distance every day. And they, they do everything they, they can to keep their team members safe. Through this, this crazy thing. We've had a very few COVID cases. We've been so lucky. Um, and, and work hard every day. And by the end of the year, we actually produced as many scopes as we have in the history of our company. Wow. wow. That's pretty amazing. Wow. It is. And and you know what that is? I could say it's you know this strategy or that strategy. And I think what's happened is we just have this incredible team of people. Some of them have been with us over 40 years. Mm. And you know what? They're tough. And they just came together and said, you know what? We're going to get this done. We got the demand. People want our product. We're going to get it done. And they're still doing it today right now, every single day. Um, we had a great 2020 in the end um, because of the support of our, our customers out there. Um, and really because of the support of our team to be able to continue to get products out. So I know there's consumers out there that are say, Hey, I watched this podcast and how come I can't find your product? Look, we're doing everything we possibly can to get as much product out as possible. And we're doing it every single day. So it, it's, it's, been
1: great. it's funny you mentioned that. Cause uh, we had just launched a podcast uh, about Winchester's new uh, load that they came out with the six, eight Western and, and people were getting a little banty in the comments about uh, you know, they're like, Hey, great coming out with a new load when we can't get ammo for the load we already have. And I, I think that's what, you know, and, and no fault to the people at home, but Every manufacturer that I know that we deal with, they're like, shoot, we're working like double overtime. Like it's night shifts. And mm-hmm. like we, we, you know, a lot of them were shut down for period, whether it was five days or, Two months or a month or, you know, uh, we talked to the guys at Faradine and they were shut down for a while there in Wisconsin. And it's just like, everybody is, but there's nobody holding back. Like no, Mm -hmm. no manufacturers wanting to leave business sitting on the table. You know what I mean? They're doing everything they possibly can to get, get through this. But there's more demand than there is supply. And that's just the reality of it, you know, and especially like you were talking about your government, government contract. I'm sure Winchester ammo has, yeah, I know they have several Mm -hmm. government contracts and there's certain things that they don't have control over, they have to prioritize, but it's just interesting, you know, what the perception is at home versus what the reality is everybody's busting their butt to just try to make as many as they can. You know, I'm sure there's many CEOs and presidents that are thinking, I wish we, you know, had a whole other plant and yeah, work you know, right. you know, can make a, a million <laughs> product, more scopes, yeah. but it's just not, re- you know, the reality of the situation. You work with what you have and make as many as you can. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's funny you brought that up though.
0: Yeah, it's it's um I feel for the ammo guys cuz they take they they take the hit more than anyone else. And, and you know, I can just tell you from being a US manufacturer. Um increasing capacity, there's there's things you can do that within your existing facility which we have done. We're going to make more scopes this year. Again, we'll beat last year. We'll make more than we've ever made. But it isn't magical to just turn it on and double capacity. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, and and for me to catch what we've got right now, i you probably need to double our capacity. To be yeah. honest, yeah. And and um, you know, we there's 212 parts in a VX6, <laughs> and they all got to come together perfectly. Okay. They've got to be optically perfect. <laughs> They've got to have loophole ruggedness, loophole quality, and guess what? I guarantee it forever. So they have to be perfect. Yeah. Right. And they're so tiny. That's not that's not an easy thing to do. I mean that that is, I, you know, I remember the first time I walked through our factory, I said, I don't know. How we make money? Because <laughs> this looks really, really hard, yeah, yeah. you know, and and we do, but it's uh, it's it's a really tough process, and I think that's why we are unique. That's why we're the only ones that truly manufacture every single optic that 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 you look through and you pull the trigger in in the United States of America, and what we do because it's really hard to duplicate what we do.
1: You know, if anybody wants to see that tour, I think Mark did a tour through, I know he did through the, the yep. factory up there. It's on DOD TV. So we might link that in our sure. show notes so people can check it That'd out because it, it is pretty cool. I mean, it is a, you know, I haven't had the pleasure to go out there yet, but I, I look forward to doing it here one day because it, it is
2: pretty neat. So yeah. highly recommend ch- checking it out. Heck yeah. Sounds like you got a pretty relentless team there, Bruce. <laughs> get it? Because the uh, be relentless <sighs> slogan.
0: That's a great lead up. Yeah, it is. that's you know, <laughs> I'll professional. tell you something about Be Relentless. I think we found uh, it, it is it is really our mantra. It's not a tagline for us and it's not a marketing campaign. It's really our, our mantra here because we are relentless about quality. We're rentl- relentless about American manufacturing. And we're relentless about providing um, all of our customers out there with an optic that if they if that buck of a lifetime steps out in front of them, that optic needs to work. Mm-hmm. And more importantly when our warfighters put our optic on, on the top of their, their rifle, I want to make sure that, that it delivers for them. That, that to me is that's, those are the Epic moments that make my job, you know, just incredibly, uh, um inspiring and to come into every day. Yeah. I'd say those stages. tier
1: one examples are probably a little more important. So I'm going to um, start walking around here and calling people you're tier one, you're tier three, buddy. Like let's pick it up. We have a cast system at work. <laughs> Perfect.
2: <right>. Can't wait.
0: <laughs>
2: well Bruce, thanks so much for taking the time and hopping on with us.
0: Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. I I appreciate what you do. And and thanks again for the partnership.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, if you guys uh, enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and and share the word with your friends. We're continuing to grow. And I think we're starting to get on other platforms as well. We talked about it internally and platforms. Probably no one's heard
2: of like Deezer and Ghana, (laughs) but we're going to be on Pandora. Yeah. So that, that so one, if you stream music through there. That one might take a little bit. We're working on it, but we submit it and we're trying to get yep, on there. Radio.com.
1: Yeah. So anyways, continuing to grow the footprint and we appreciate the audience uh, tagging along and, and sharing the good word.
2: And feedback. And uh, and if you have ideas on what we should name our new co-host, The Soundboard, let us know in the comments. Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Next time. Peace out. DeerCast is giving you the chance to hunt with Mark and Terry Drury. Head over to DeerCast.com to enter.